you have to read between the lines to grasp Mark's message about Jesus in today's gospel. Being entire Gentile country, Jesus didn't want people to know he had entered a particular house, not because of ancient paparazzi, but because it was a pagan house, an act contrary to the practice of a pious Jew. In fact, Matthew's sensitivity to his Jewish Christian audience caused him to simply omit the story completely, the only time he did in Q when Luke had it too. All kinds of symbolism here. The children in the story were the people of Israel, the Jews being Jesus' context and focus. But by Mark's time, conditions had changed. Hebrew religion had rejected Jesus, so Mark was tilling the soil, making it ready to accept Gentiles, the dogs of the story, by the way, pagans. In that context, the mother of a daughter who had some kind of mental problem came to Jesus begging him for help. In the story, Jesus responded with total sarcasm. The children should be fed first because it is not fair to take the children's food and throw it to the dogs. Excuse me. That feisty mother took Jesus on. Sir, even the dogs under the table eat the children's scraps. Here's something Jesus didn't do very often. Keeping a bit of distance from the Gentiles, Jesus healed from a distance. He usually doesn't do that. So it's not to be ritually defiled, unclean. The mother goes home and finds her daughter's mental illness gone. Early on, Mark was saying that Jesus' message could be shared with the Gentiles. Living from Jesus' spirit, the church was already growing up, becoming inclusive. It didn't just start with Paul. It starts right here. Whatever Mark's theological intent, he also allowed Jesus to make mistakes and learn from them. Jesus' words were thoughtless and rude to that woman. If Jesus wept is the shortest phrase in John's gospel, the phrase in Mark's version would be, Jesus goofed. <laughs> he wasn't perfect from his mother's womb without sin. It was only after Jesus' death came to be considered the divine Christ in the years after his death that his perfection became a big deal. But wouldn't it have been liberating through the centuries to know that Jesus made mistakes too? That woman demanded that Jesus see her and her daughter as human beings, helping him break through the assumptions and prejudice of his religious heritage and culture. His encounter with her had an impact on Christianity evolving more than to be a Jewish sect. He was healed as much as the daughter was. If Jesus can make mistakes and learn from them, you have permission to learn too, not just go on a guilt trip when you goof up. Find nourishment in those scraps. Receive God's forgiveness and, even more difficult, forgive yourself those times when you've messed up. Those kinds of demons, I guarantee, can come back to haunt you. So transform your mistakes into learnings 
and let the rest go by. Again, consider the context as Jesus headed into Decapolis. Now that's even the name of a Roman city, area, ten cities. So you know, once more, we're in Gentile pagan territory where a deaf man was brought to him. Now, many years ago, I invited a deaf priest to preach the sermon at St. Gabriel's Marion. From bombings in London during World War II, he'd lost his hearing at age 12, later becoming the missioner to the deaf for the Diocese of Massachusetts. At dinner the night before, it got very interesting. First of all, we had a huge thunderstorm, and the lights went out. And suddenly in the darkness came this voice, but how can the deaf hear with the lights out? <laughs> and then even more amusing, their children told us that since both parents used sign language as well as speaking, they never knew for sure which one was normal. <laughs> I'll never forget the poignancy and new perspective he brought as an insider to that very gospel we heard this morning. Look at what Jesus did, he said, his sensitivity in taking the deaf man aside in private. You see, he explained, deaf people are made fun of for making weird sounds and flapping their hands, you know, as they try to communicate. Since they tended to be embarrassed in public, Jesus took him away from the crowd he put his fingers into his ears, then spat and touched his tongue. Looking up to heaven, he sighed and said to him, Ephatha, be opened. And he touched him. For fear of being made unclean, pious Jews weren't supposed to even touch people with a deformity. Remember the old phrase, deaf and dumb? Dumb in those days, and still technically, meant speechless, which is why Jesus spat and touched the man's tongue, sharing a bit of himself, spit and tongue being very intimate, way beyond acceptable boundaries of behavior. Then Jesus' favorite word, ephatha, be open, be open. My deaf friend said, I don't know if that man ever heard a sound, but Jesus touched him. And from that moment, he was open in a new way deaf people could never have imagined. Be open to new relationships, not being embarrassed at an impediment of speech or any impediment you may have or encounter. That's the kind of person Jesus was. He opened people, liberated them. As his body on earth, that's what you and I are called to be and do. Ephatha. How often do we make assumptions about other people? Be open to people who may not in your eyes be worth your time. You don't know what's inside, what injuries they've sustained, mentally or physically. There may be more inside than you think. Helping out as interim chaplain at Tabor Academy in Massachusetts, some men of the work crew approached me one day. 
They'd been in charge of a retarded teenager to see if he was trainable to help with menial tasks. He was moody, defensive, at times belligerent. But somehow in his eyes, they saw something more. It was totally puzzling to them because he would occasionally perform beyond expectations. They went to the head of school and the school staff, but no one would listen. Seen as ignorant pagans in academia, they were told to accept the situation and get on with their job. This was beyond their pay grade. Like that Syrophoenician mother, they were frustrated, but they wouldn't give up. Pooling their money, and they weren't making big salaries, they took him to be evaluated. They were right. He wasn't retarded. He was simply deaf. All those years, because he seemed incapable of learning, never understanding what they told him, his parents had put him in a school for retarded children, and he started to reflect their actions. That environment had molded his behavior. Deaf for them meant dumb, as in stupid. He continued to work at Tabor during the summer, those guys paying for remedial schooling, and sent him to college, his smile as big and broad as his intelligence. His life was transformed and served with those workers who, in a sense, adopted him. Imagine now that those characters who encountered Jesus are in us. That frustrated, persistent mother and her suffering little girl, the deaf man wanting to be a part of things, all alienated, pagans. But there is also inside us Jesus healing spirit, learning from his mistakes, liberating, expansive, and integrating. Ephrathah, be open.